And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Mark 3, 34 to 35. Kia ora and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast, formerly the 99th most popular podcast among Kiwis on Spotify, and a big shalom to the household of God. Welcome to episode 22. Fill Me In is a podcast where we talk to Kiwi Christians who were not raised as Christians about how the Lord brought them into the flock. We chat the highs and lows, the inspiring and the brutal, the rest and the work and everything in between that comes with belonging to the risen Savior. I've got Ruby with me today. Ruby, how are you going? Good, thank you, Phil. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Excited to have you on. Uh, we've sort of, we, we know each other a little bit and we've got a lot of friends <laughs> yeah. in common and I've kind of heard you know, through the grapevine, obviously, that you were converted and weren't converted as a, as a kid. It sort of happened mm-hmm. for you a little bit later on um, in life. So, yeah, I've been super pumped to talk to you today. Could you just introduce oh, yourself awesome. um, to the to the audience? For sure. So, I'm Ruby Pye. I am married to Daniel Pye, and we have a son, Teddy, who is 10 months old. Awesome. Um, I live in Rotorua, but I was born in England, and I was raised in Nelson. And I work part-time. Um, I'm building a course that teaches kids how to read the Greek New Testament. And I'm 26 years old. That is that is terrific. How long have you been married to Dan for? Uh, nearly two years. That is trippy. Man, that is <laughs> Far out. Where Where is the time gone there? I remember that I know, wedding. Right? Like it was literally like... I played at your wedding uh, with, you did. with some friends and it was like right around the time we moved to Tauranga. So like pretty much you've been married yeah. the entire time we've been here. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Man, I'm really tempted to drill into that, um, the course you just mentioned, but I'll resist for now. That does sound very interesting though. Pretty, pretty cool having the whole next generation of uh, Christian kids reading the, just straight from the Greek New Testament. What is going That's on here? That'd, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So could you tell us a bit about, um, I guess, your Christian life at the moment, or maybe to say that another way, if someone said to you, what does it mean for you to be a Christian, Ruby? What is, what is Christianity? What's all this about? Where would you, where would you be taking them? Um, so I would say that being a Christian is to be actively submitting yourself to God and to his word every day and bringing your own heart to worship and obey him. So Colossians 1.23 tells us to be firmly grounded and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. And I'd say that's the aim, not to be moved away from the hope of the gospel and just to be constantly in the gospel and applying it to yourself every day. And for me, that means dealing with sin God's way and just rejoicing that Jesus has paid it all. Mm. Cool. So Mm. could you you explain that a little bit more? So you've mentioned the gospel there. You've mentioned Jesus paid it all. Tell me about that. Who's Christ? Um, what do you think, who do you think he is and and what's he done for you? Sure. So I would say that, um, Christ is God, which was like a huge revelation for me when I first heard that, um, he is the second person of the Trinity, son of God, and he lived a perfect sinless life, died a death that he didn't deserve. And in doing so, um, paid the penalty that sinners like you and me deserve, um, So he bore that so that we didn't have to. And then he rose from the dead and then ascended to heaven and is now king over all things and Mm. seated at the right hand of the father. So, yeah, I would say knowing him as king is a really important aspect of knowing who Jesus is. For sure. How long have you been a Christian? 
Um, I will be coming up three years in January. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's super recent and uh, as always uh-huh. with quite recent ones, that makes for a good chat and a, and a good uh, story. I think a lot of people will be pretty blown away by that as they listen, just hearing you, um, you know, spout off some pretty solid theology there and, and <laughs> three years in, that's very cool and ready to teach the kids about, about the Koine Greeks. Um, that's <laughs> terrific. So let, let's go to before then, let's go to Ruby uh, prior to the last three years. Um, could you tell okay. us a bit about yourself before you encountered the gospel? Uh, how far back do you want to start? Anything that you feel would be would be relevant. I just want to get, a, I guess, just a sample of who you were. How did you look at the world? Um, what, okay, okay. what were you going so, for? What, what was your life sure. like? I'll just say, like, right before I became a Christian, sure. um, I was really into the New Age stuff. Okay. So I was a big believer in the law of attraction, which is basically a belief that if you meditate on something, it will come into your life because you're thinking those thoughts and attracting it. Okay. Um, so I was studying marketing, wanted to be a marketer, and I would sit in my room and meditate on money and success and love um, every morning and trying to attract that into my life. And meanwhile, I was actually desperately poor okay. <laughs> and lonely and really, um, really quite sad. Okay. Yeah. And is new agey stuff what you had been into for a while or was this like a, a discovery you had made sort of as you made it into your twenties? Yeah. On and off. So I was introduced to it um, when I was 14 okay. um, by a woman in my life who I loved very much. And I remember like thinking that this was, the best discovery I'd ever made. And like, man, mm-hmm. if I can just think happy thoughts, I'll be happy and like attract happy things into my life. And this is why everyone else around me is sad is because they haven't discovered this. Yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. wrestling with it in terms of the inevitable suffering uh, that does come along and inevitably you don't always attract things that you want? Do you remember wrestling with it and, and doubting it at all? Yeah. I. Th- yeah. I don't know that I really could mesh those two things together, that life is full of pain and suffering and bad things happen to seemingly good people. Mm. Um, I I suppose if you take that worldview seriously, then if something bad happens to a person, it's kind of their fault because of what they must have been meditating on, which is so sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, oftentimes like the you know the first layer of explanation of something you, you think oh it sounds really nice and you just sort of like logically look at what it must uh you know what it must lead to and it's like well it's actually kind of a dark thought when you think about it yeah, yeah. absolutely okay so so talk to me about when uh you first encountered christianity or jesus first okay. making this move into your life um so i had a christian friend in high school um her name was charlotte and she was in my friend group by God's providence. Um, while we were all sitting up a storm, she would hang out with us and like we would all drink and she would not drink, but she was still um, part of our group and right. very loving. And that was a seed um, that God used about 10 years before I got saved. Uh, okay. We were in a drama production together and we were, I went around to her house for practice one day and we ended up just sitting on her bed and talking about God. And Hmm. I had all these questions. She had all these answers 
And I thought she was a bit of a loony because she was explaining how Christ is going to return and the world is going to become perfect. And I'm like, man, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> and at that time, I, the only religious influence I had really had was my father who became a Muslim when I was seven. And yeah. he taught me those his islam beliefs basically and so my understanding was that like allah was god and that i could pray to him but yeah right that was it yeah far up so so you're having (laughs) these conversations with her as a teenager when you're in this production together etc etc yeah um but that that didn't lead to any big conversion for you at that point no way but yeah the interesting thing is God used her 10 years later to lead okay. me to the Lord. Tell me about that. Yeah. So this was when I was studying all that new age stuff. Um, basically at some point I had a big breakdown and an existential crisis. And I just realized what I'm believing is not true. And I was so scared that my life was just going to go downhill and just get worse and worse and that I needed to find truth. And I remember I have a diary entry from this time and it read, I just want to know truth with a capital T. Right. And I was so like, I was weeping (laughs) for three days pretty much. And that was when God used somebody in my life to hand me a Bible and just said, look, if you're looking for meaning, start here. And that person wasn't even a Christian, but um, I started reading the Bible and I was like, started in Genesis, like a normal book at the start. And, I was devouring God's word because I had tried every other path and I knew that none of them leaded, led to joy. Mm. And so I was taking it all in and that was when I got in touch with Charlotte again. I hadn't seen her for, man, at least three years. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we kind of drifted apart after high school sure. ended. And um, I just said, hey, I'm interested in Christianity. I'm reading the Bible. She's like, that's amazing. Awesome. Do you want to meet up? Do you want to have coffee? So we met up and we had coffee and we talked for like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is in Nelson? She was in Nelson, yeah. yeah. And she was so kind to me. She was explaining everything. And um, I was like, man, yeah, like Satan's real, isn't he? And she's like, yeah, but like so is God and he's already won. I'm like, no way. Like yeah, I yeah. knew the presence of evil was a real, real thing, but I didn't know that good was – had already overcome the evil. So that was a huge thing for me. And yeah, we just talked about, we talked about everything under the sun. We talked about Trump. We talked about feminism. We talked about traditional roles for women in the home. And I just shared that that was like what I wanted. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's really valid. And then she invited me to her um, parents' house where they do like fellowship on a Friday night. Okay. And I met a whole bunch of other Christians, started hearing their testimonies, and her family were, like, pouring into me, sharing yeah. the Bible with me, and um, I would just go around to her house, like, really often because I was so hooked on this. And That's then, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then it took a couple of weeks of visiting on a Friday night and just hearing people talk about Jesus with, like, this big smile on their face. I'm like, Man, I've only ever heard Jesus' name really as a swear word. Okay. And here are these people like saying what he's done in their lives. And yeah, one night at the fellowship, I'm like, man, I want what you guys have got. I'm ready. And somebody had like printed out a copy of the Sinner's Prayer. So I sure. I prayed that prayer 
and then everybody prayed over me and then I we went outside and I got baptized in the swimming pool. Whoa. Yeah. You were all in. <laughs> I was all in. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. Did Charlotte remember the conversation that you guys had like 10 years earlier? We She sure yeah. did. Yeah. And she said, I remember sitting you seeing you sitting on the front lawn of our school meditating and feeling mm. really sorry for you. Because mm. she knew that I was seeking something, but that I was going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And yeah, just happened that way that God used her. Yeah. That time in my life. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's fascinating. That is fascinating. Mm. And and I just with so many of these stories that I'm hearing, um, just you know, it's repeated over and over again that people open their homes up, there's gatherings in homes, people are hanging out talking about these things and people just feel welcomed. You're talking about these things over meals and stuff, and it yeah, it's, mm. it's super encouraging just being around other people. And hopefully the purpose of this will be to, um, yeah, like further encourage too. Hearing other people's testimonies is a, it's a pretty powerful thing, right? Just seeing where they all are like individually plugged into Christ's massive story. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you remember initially how you found the claims of the gospel itself? I.e., you know, everything you laid out before. Uh, you've sinned against God. Oh, yes. So you can only be saved through sure. him, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlotte recommended that I jumped to the New Testament when I told her I was in Genesis. Sure. And I was like, oh, what's the New Testament? She's like, oh, that's where Jesus comes in. I'm like, who's Jesus? Right. <laughs> Jesus is God. What? Jesus is God? And so I jumped to Matthew and I was reading the Sermon on the Mount and I read those words where it, it, he who is angry with a brother yeah. is guilty of murder and he who has looked with lust is guilty of adultery and it's better for you to um, enter eternal life maimed, like if you cut off your hand or your arm, right. than to be cast into hell. And I just was convicted then through the word of my sin and the whole of Matthew, like um, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And I knew my heart was evil and I knew my life right. past was evil. And so I knew I needed my savior yeah. at that time. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, mm. All right. that That's awesome. Let's just move ahead, I guess, into this relatively short period of time. Um, the last three yeah. years. God, yeah, for sure. God's intention for us is that we are not alone in the Christian life. And you've already mentioned beautifully the ways that um, God's people have been used in your life. But obviously um, that continues as, as you go on to the journey, You're not meant to just stop uh, being blessed by the people of God. So could you talk about people along right. the way in the last three years who uh, I guess key people, people that have been an encouragement to you, um, people who have been means of God for you to, to grow. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So um, I'd, Definitely say Charlotte's parents, okay. um, Murray and Cindy Hutton, were like they became my spiritual mum and dad sure. uh, after I got saved. I was only in Nelson for a short time after I got saved, and then um, I decided to start studying counselling, so I moved to Taronga. Okay. Um, but they were really key for that first month. And then once I was in Taronga, I was there for like half a year, and then I moved to Rorua, um, and then I... I joined Fenton Park Bible Church and, okay. and the pastor, Tony, and his wife, Chantelle, have been an amazing encouragement to me. Uh, Chantelle, especially because she's 
got just such a beautiful ministry for women and she loves the word so much and she oh. hates her sin so much and she loves the Lord so much that yeah. you just look at her and you're like, man, I want to love God like you do. And yeah. she is very one-on-one um, with, she'll help you out with anything and you come to her, you know that you're not going to get away with anything. Like yeah. she's going to help you deal with your sin. She's going to help you come back to the word over and over and um, think rightly about yourself and your cool. situation. And yeah, so her faith and her joy are a big, yeah. big encouragement to me. Have you had some pretty hard hitting conversations over the oh, last yes. few years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first couple of years of marriage are a big adjustment, I'd say. Yeah. Um, from being single and doing whatever you want, whenever you want, more or less, um, to being well becoming a wife and submitting yourself under the headship of your husband um, sure. that's a big thing so she's helped me out through that yeah 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 cool so you you mentioned and, uh the huttons and you mentioned Chantel. Yeah. uh are yeah. there other people that come to mind for sure yeah so my husband would be a big one um, yeah tell me about him he, yeah so uh he's his name is Daniel, and he works with me actually at Biblical Mastery Academy, which is our business teaching Greek and Hebrew. Um, he is kind of a marketer, video editor. He can do a lot of things. He has, okay. wears a lot of hats in the business. Cool. Um, and, yeah, he's been a huge encouragement to me. He has always had a real zealous heart for truth, and um, he – believes that sound doctrine leads leads to sound living, which has helped us immensely. Um, that's thanks to our elders who say that all the time. Okay. And then um, he's just reminded me of the gospel whenever I need to hear it, yeah. which is so great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's definitely a good thing when you when you marry someone that's in keeping in step with the spirit as well. That's that's terrific. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Such a that's blessing. That's great. That's great. Hey, well let's talk about um, just, I guess, reflecting uh, on the Christian life so far. So as you mentioned, three years. Uh, I like to talk with people about mm. both blessings and regrets uh, over the course yep. of the Christian life. So basically, I'm, I mean, people typically will go, oh, I don't have any regrets um, because God's sovereign and it couldn't have been mm. than it was, which totally get that. <laughs> like, like, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I believe that too. But I guess if you were, just maybe if you're speaking to someone who had a very similar story to you, and they got converted five minutes ago and they're sitting down talking to you. Do you have particular yeah. things that you would point out from your jo- your journey so far where you think that's yeah. gone really well and I would totally encourage you down that road? And then the flip side being, do you have things you go, dang it, kind of stuff that up. I wish I could <laughs> uh, tell you, watch out for that. Do, you, do things come to mind uh, yeah, for this? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I was very blessed um, to have discovered exegetical preaching about five months into my Christian journey, four months. Um, So I'd say to a new Christian, find a church that has a high view of scripture and loves the word because they're going to help you grow spiritually um, so much faster than churches which rely a lot more on experience and um have like a much lower view of scripture so yeah i went to a lot of different churches in tauranga when i was um, first moved there and trying to find my feet um and i was i'm grateful for the all the churches i went to but i would say yeah like finding one that 
that preaches from the text and really stays focused on the text is a is a huge blessing so that would be a big one and also um i would point a young christian or young ruby to good resources like um grace to you is like john MacArthur's platform i just listened to sermons from um john piper i would show them john piper and paul washer just for some good starting points to be listening to. And then also ibcd.org is one of my favorite websites. It has free biblical counseling lectures, which are so good, especially just if you need a specific um, application in your life, like you're struggling in your marriage or your parenting or whatever, then that's been a a huge blessing to me. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Mm. And then so flipping it around, are there particular things that you would say are landmines to watch out for? Um, I would say watch out for being led by your feelings and try instead to be led by the word because um, Jeremiah 79 says the heart is deceitful and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And we hear so much from the world, like just follow your heart. Right. And our hearts lie to us and our hearts prefer things that aren't God's way. And so I'd say follow the word. You know, the word is a, a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. So yeah, we just, we need to keep coming back to the word and using the word to instruct our heart instead of using our heart to guide our whole life. Sure. Mm. Absolutely. So speaking about, uh, speaking of scripture rather, uh, I like to talk with all my guests on here about how you actually go about uh, incorporating scripture into your life. So it's a thing that, you know, um, hanging around Christian people, a lot of people do struggle with it. It feels like, you know, for some people, it's like, ah, oh, dang it, another week's gone by and I was meaning to get to it, but I didn't. Mm. Um, and then, yeah. you know, it's it's not really like anything else I would compare. You know, I, I can't compare it to anything else outside of, I guess, religious circles where you're supposed to be in this book reading it. I would say you should read it every day. Like mm-hmm. That would be that would be a good discipline. Meditate mm. on the Lord, the Lord um, day and night. Um, so how how do you go about you know, incorporating scripture into your life and trying to get there. Yeah. So I like to get in the word every morning and Mm. some evenings. Um, For me, used to be like so zealous to get up early. Okay. And that was my time, like five or six in the morning, totally quiet, whatever. And you can just focus, but that is not, it's not been realistic ever since I've had a baby. Right. So now I just, um, I just make time for it after breakfast and I just sit on the couch and it's a discipline because sometimes I'd rather be cleaning the house or getting on with work or whatever. But I know that if I bring my heart to the word and meditate on God and what he's done, um, then I'm going to be able to walk in the spirit more easily throughout the day. So it stops, I'd say like, consider it this way like it stops you from sinning (laughs) and sinning sucks so like if you want to be more happy then you probably want to aim to be more holy and the way to get more holy or to be more like christ is another way of saying that is to stay in the word yeah right so beautiful and i would say yeah if you are struggling to read the word you might be like trying to read from a difficult translation so For me, I was reading my NASB, 
which I love and still do read. Um, and it's a study Bible as well, which I would say also, if you don't have a study Bible, maybe get one so that you can understand sure. the text through the notes in it. Yeah. Um, but Chantal, who I mentioned earlier, recommended that I read the Old Testament with the New Living Translation. Okay. And I switched to that and I'm seriously speeding through the major prophets at a, a pace that I was not able to do with my NASB just because the language is less clunky. It just flows a little better. It's still faithful to the original Hebrew, sure. but it's just so much easier to read because it's a little bit more like our modern day language. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'd say check out other translations if you're struggling to read from like a King James or whatever else you you might be reading. But yeah. don't don't go too liberal. <laughs> don't end up reading the message. Okay, I'll... would be my advice. Okay, <laughs> talk, talk to me about the the languages because I mean a lot go of on. Christians I know will are far further into the faith than you and have never ever had a look at it. I mean, I've I've been mm. dabbling in Greek for probably I don't know, a year and a half now. I suppose probably a little bit less nice. than that even. Um, but you know, it was literally it was like you know, 10 years of um, being pretty into theology. Yeah, it's probably, it was like <laughs> 10 years of me actually being really into scripture and really studying the word. And I finally decided, uh, I'm sick of sitting a few rows back and people just saying in books or in conversations like, ah, but the Greek doesn't say that. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of getting frustrated at that. <laughs> I just want to be able to work out whether that's valid or not. I yeah. want to be able to make that judgment. So that was the thing for me, the straw that broke the camel. Yeah. Down enough i'm i'm doing this so for you what <laughs> what was it that got you into that so quickly right so when i was um at the same time that i discovered exegetical preaching mm -hmm. which happened to be an impact bible conference um i met my now boss daryl burling and okay. he's an elder at our church and has also been a great um help in my life but he he has a phd in and biblical counseling and I at the time was like man I want to learn more about biblical counseling and everyone I met at the conference was like you've got to meet Daryl Burling so I met him and he really encouraged me to study biblical counseling and then I we just sort of made a connection there and then I was like oh why don't I visit you at your church in Rotorua and that was I came from Tauranga to Rotorua specifically to visit Daryl and yeah. he was very hospitable and he was like oh, yeah, so I run this business by myself teaching New Testament Greek. And at the time, it was only Greek. And we just got chatting business because um, I had studied marketing and he eventually decided to bring me on board as the marketer. So I came on board um, as a marketer. And then part of my job description was that I had to learn biblical Greek. So that's when I started. Nice. Yeah. Cool. How did you find the process of doing that? Um. It's definitely challenging. Beginning Greek is by far the most challenging part of learning Greek. Once you've got through that, you are away because you can then okay. read through the whole New Testament as long as you keep learning your vocabulary. Yeah. So I got through that. It took me probably at least a year to get through that. Um, a lot of people can do it in six months. But I wasn't okay. that disciplined. Uh, but now I am reading through uh, Colossians. I've already read First, Second, Third John, um, Philemon, and First and Second Thessalonians. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. And maybe do a little plug for the the academy then, just just while we've Absolutely. got Absolutely. So if someone's wanting yeah, to have a bit of a so, dabble, what do, what do they need to do? Um, so you can go to biblicalmastery.academy. That's our website. And um, we offer Greek and Hebrew and also growth memberships. So if you just want to grow as a Christian, we do like a sort of book club-based membership. Um, but also we teach biblical Greek and Hebrew right from the beginning, starting with the alphabet and we have a streamlined path that you can take to learn your way through all the books of either the Greek New Testament or the Hebrew Old Testament. Um, and we just do it on a, like a monthly or annual membership basis. Yeah. And awesome. we're always looking to help Kiwis out. So if you are looking at it and you're like, oh, that's so expensive, then just email us because we might be able to help you out. Cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you want to have a dabble, uh, go check it out. That's very cool. Uh, another question that we've got here is one that comes from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He would ask people who would come into the membership at the Met Tab uh, back in the 19th century, what would you love to accomplish for the Lord? So you got a few decades, hopefully, ideally, all things yes. being equal in front of you in the Christian life. What would you love to uh, accomplish the Lord, for the Lord? Sure. So um, for the Lord, I would love to be a godly wife and mother. That's my first responsibility. Um, I want to pour out my life as a drink offering for my family and do it all for God's glory. I want to have the zest of a godly woman and every day be asking God, what wonderful things are we going to do today? And ultimately, I want to be hospitable. I want to homeschool maybe my children or I don't know what we're going to do with school. But um, if I am homeschooling, then I want to really pour myself into that. And I really just want to hear I want to be able to say the words that Apostle John said when he said, I have no greater joy than this than to see that my children walk yep. in truth. Um, so that would be item number one. And then secondly, I hope that my um, course that I'm building for kids to read Greek would um, go forth and flourish and people would buy it because not because I want to be rich, but because um, I want to equip the next generation with the tools to read and interpret and understand the Greek of the New Testament because my boss Daryl told me once that whenever the original languages of the Bible are learned, there is a revival of faith. This mm. is a historical fact. So I just, yeah, I want to equip homeschooling families or you know, schooling families, whatever, they can um, use my program hopefully and learn the Greek of the New Testament and the parents can learn it too. Cool. Through the kids. Why not? Exciting. No, it's very cool. Mm. I've been hanging out with the Peden kids a little bit who have been uh, your guinea pigs, <laughs> I understand. And so it's pretty cool just yes. bantering with Abigail about the different Greek words she's known. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> cool. Hey, let's jump into some rapid fire questions. You're on a deserted island. You can only have five books of the Bible with you when you're on that island. Which which books are you having? Psalms, Matthew, John. Jeremiah and Romans. Love it. Very good. Are you a life verse person? Do you have a life verse? I have a cheesy one. Um, this was when I first became Christian. It was my first memory verse. And it's, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Love it. That's a great passage. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Best thing about being a Christian? Um, knowing that my sin is paid for and that every time I stuff up, no matter how foolish it is, that Jesus has already paid for it and that when I meet God, I will have no condemnation. 
book of the Bible you would like to understand better? Um, I'll say Isaiah because, man, I want to understand all the major prophets and minor prophets better, but Isaiah is the biggest one. So, hmm. Something the church in New Zealand could do better at? Um, having a high view of scripture, I think that would save a lot of churches from error and also help them love one another better because that's what scripture says to do. Favorite Christian song? Oh, it is well. I sang that song the night I got saved. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. One, of, one of my faves. Yeah. Favorite Christian authors and thinkers? You mentioned a few of them at the start. You mentioned Piper and yes. MacArthur and Washer. Do you have a few others that you've yes. you found helpful? Um, I'd say Elise Fitzpatrick is a great author for biblical counseling resources. Okay. Um who else? Oh, Nancy Piercy. Nancy Piercy does worldview stuff and yep. she's helped me out so much. Yeah. Tip for Bible reading. Someone who's just started today. Quick tip. Um, I'd say start small, don't don't overwhelm yourself and um ask yourself at the end of your Bible reading, if you even just read one chapter. Just ask yourself, what did I learn about God? What did I learn about mankind? What did I learn about sin? What did I learn about myself? Because you might not be able to answer all four of those, but they will help you to just put a pin in it and like retain what you've read by applying it. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Uh, favorite thing about your church? Um, the church family. I mean, we love each other so much and... I, I was going to say the preaching, but I really love my family there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this yeah. has been another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast. Drop us a comment on Spotify. Maybe give us a five-star rating if you so desire. Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz. We are a Bible teaching church on 2nd Ave in Tauranga. Feel free to come down for a service at 10.30 a.m. and worship the Lord with us. Uh, Ruby, so good to have you with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great to chat. Grace and peace to you. Sand is less than a cool fresh spring, and to one lost sheep, a shepherd boy is greater than the richest. Shalom, Chrisos. Hey, just before we finish up the podcast, I just wanted to draw your attention to a book project that Anthony, one of the pastors at the church, and I have just finished working on. It's called Church and State Reflections on the Things of Caesar and the Things of God, discussing the issue of the relationship between the church and the state. What kind of things should the state tackle? What kind of things should the church tackle? Is there any overlap between the two? If you're in need of some more misinformation and extremism in your life, uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. It's available for free over at the church facebook page have a happy rest of your tuesday